0: The
2: cat
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, Owen oh, Two-Door Cinema Club.
4: And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky with you. Buck, how you doing, man? I'm good, DJ. Uh,
5: knee deep in getting ready for, I mean, I got the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Uh, coming up next week. But the Combine, the Combine is on us this draft season, uh trying to get all the names and all the lists and all that stuff done so uh, we can make some compelling TV when we get
0: to uh, Indianapolis. I'll tell you what, if it looks like I've got sleepies in my eyes, there's a reason for it. <laughs> man, alive. I'll tell you what, man. The, I looked it up last night because I was like, hold up. The Combine list didn't come out till the 8th. Mm-hmm. And I think I leave to go out there the 25th. Yeah, That's like, days. hey, here's 300-plus names. Can you uh, can you get these guys done in the next two weeks? Now, and you have a good chunk of them done from the Senior Bowl and some of the top guys we, you know you kind of knew about from the beginning, but, man, it's like never-ending stream of tape. But it is fun. It's those fun moments. And you know how it is when you, you're going through and you get through like seven mediocre players and all of a sudden you see one that pops a little bit. You're like, oh, we got something here. It's like fishing, I would imagine. We talked about it the other day. Neither one of us really fish. But uh, that's what it <laughs> yeah. must feel like. You sit on the boat for hours and hours and hours. Hey, we got a little nibble here.
5: Yeah, no, that, that is that is a big part of it. Um, try not to, um, I won't say, like, kind of blank out or blot out. But, yeah, like, players are different. And, you know, um, when I was in Seattle, we used to always watch the guys in alphabetical order. So whatever the position was, you watch them in alphabetical order. So you didn't know when yeah. the guy was going to pop up because the grades weren't displayed. And so you're just kind of going through all the ages You're like, oh, we got one. Yeah. And it may take another three or four hours before you get another one that like pops. And what we mean by pop, like someone who has like these traits that you kind of ooh and ah in the room. Not necessarily the guys that are you you they have potential, but it's a different look. It's a different look. Also, watching big running backs and little running backs is a different because they look different when they when they move. That's
0: yeah, it's a great point, man. Um so today what we're doing is we're gonna go through your top five by positions. This is out. You can go find that nfl.com. Uh, look up. Uh, it'll be there. You can see uh, just NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You'll be able to find all Bucky's work. And that is uh, is where you have your first edition here, the 1.0 uh, top five by position. So that's what this podcast is going to be today, Buck. So I, I say we jump right in here and let's start right at the, the front of the class here. Let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, why don't you just give us the the five names and then I'll tell you kind of what what stood out to me and and we can have a little conversation as we go through these positions.
5: All right so with the quarterbacks um I went CJ Stroud at 1 Bryce Young at 2 Hendon Hooker 3 Will Levis 4 and then Tanner McKee at 5. And like I know the first thing that comes up you know you already know Anthony Anthony, Richardson. that's what I was like, going to say that's, that's no the no Yeah no you beat me the question so you No know, Anthony yeah, Richardson At five, and, you know, here's the thing. Like, um, I wanted to try and stay uh, true to the process. Like, how would I do it if I was an Aries scout? What would I do? How would I look at it? And I love the traits. Like, I love the athleticism. I love uh, the big runs. I think he had a big run that he broke up against LSU. He played great against Utah. But then it's hard to ignore the other tapes where, man, he's throwing worm burners and he's off the mark. And I just don't know if he passes well enough. And so when I think about like others and playing the position and, and those things, I looked at Tanner McKee and I'm not saying that Tanner McKee is the most impressive prospect or whatever, but he throws it better. He was more consistent. And so for me, I went Tanner McKee over Anthony Richardson, knowing that there's going to be a lot of blowback when I made that uh, selection.
0: So it's interesting you you, you do this because I, I have something to add on to this context a little bit. So I was uh, finishing up the wideouts last night and this is what happened. So to give people a little bit of a peek behind the curtain in the role that we're in now, it's different than when you are an area scout or when you're, you know, with a team. So with a team, I'll, you know, let's take Richardson, for example, you will have gone there and seen him in training camp. First of all, you'd have done work on him over the summer. Then you would go see him at training camp. And because it's a Florida, which is a, you know, a class a type school. Probably go there three times. Mm-hmm. So you'll, but by the time you submit your report in December, you'll have seen every game that he played. Plus you'll have seen him probably most likely in a game live, and you'll have mm-hmm. seen him in practice three times. So that is a complete look at him. Bam, the, the grade goes in the book, and there's going to be very little movement for you from, from here till the draft. Maybe there's something in an interview, uh, something that you know maybe pushes him up or down slightly. But you're anchored. And what we're doing, we're trying to wrap our arms around an entire draft class to be able to discuss them initially. And then mm-hmm. once we get our arms around the whole group, then we go in and study it and, and really try and you know peel apart the layers here and see if we can go deeper and separate these clumps. So we always use the analogy right now. Let's get them in the neighborhood and then eventually we'll get them in the right house. So brings me to this point on Richardson. I'm doing receivers, right? So when I do wideouts, I look at every target that's come their way the whole year. Mm-hmm. So last night I was doing Justin Shorter, the wide oh, receiver from Florida, uh-huh. and Buck. I and I, you know, I put Richardson up there as my fourth guy because of the traits. I saw the runs. I watched the LSU games. One of the games I watched, and I'm watching the shorter. I'm like, okay, I don't know how great Shorter is, but my goodness, these these balls are not even close. Like he is, he is on top, and the ball is 15 yards over his head he wins on an out route and the ball's five yards, you know, behind him. Like they aren't little baby misses. Like this is a, this is very much a project here with Anthony Richardson. So I get, I get where you're coming from.
5: It, it, it is a huge project. And I think, um, I mean, we're always impacted by previous draft classes in previous years. And so uh, for me, the Malik Willis thing comes to mind and I not only like watched him and evaluated him for the draft, but I had a chance to see him up close and personal when he was in Tennessee Uh, I'm doing the work for the Jaguars. Look, they're having to play Tennessee. It comes down to the end. And the Tennessee Titans are having to make a decision on who's going to play quarterback for them, Josh Dobbs or Malik Willis. They go for Josh Dobbs. And so then my natural inclination is to compare what I know from Malik Willis back then to what I know from Anthony Richardson right now. And I'm thinking, okay, Malik Willis went in the third round. He goes in the third round and we talked about, hey, he would need a year, a project or whatever. He can't get on the field in a big game and so anthony richardson where we're talking about like top fives and we're not necessarily saying a, every top five player on the list is going to be a first rounder but you're kind of saying they need yeah. to kind of rate in that 7-0 or higher range and i just couldn't do it i just couldn't do it based on his athleticism and stuff alone because at some point we got to play the game if he has to play the game is he ready to play and i just don't know dj if i if i can do it so i'll go conservative on him now and if something changes later, but I just couldn't give it to him. I know everyone else has kind of t- talked about him. And here's also the thing that we have to talk about. Mock drafts and listing and scouting are different. Like mock drafts yeah. are, as we said, what we hear, what we think other teams will do. Well, this, my name is on it. And yeah. so my name is on it where I got to claim it because, you know, the buddies in the league like, hey, man, who, what, yeah. who's this guy you – and so for me, I want to stay pure, and I just couldn't give him – I couldn't give him the grade right now to put him in the top five over Tanner McKee.
0: Yeah, you know, we have a grade on teams I work for called – it's a 6-5-D, which is a 6-5. It's an upper-level developmental player. So it's a kind of a boom-bust mm-hmm. situation where you could hit big on him. You really, You really could. I just think that, you know, to – to say that this is a similar to a Josh Allen situation, the more that I'm seeing of him, he's much further away than, than, uh, than Josh is. Now, the, the, arm ta- the arm strength is ridiculous. The athleticism, size, all that stuff off the charts. This is going to be a process to get where you know, he needs to get.
5: Yeah, and the other thing, DJ, um, also impacted by Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett and the guys that play Desmond uh, uh, Ritter. Ritter. He's a one-year player. Mm -hmm. He only has one year of experience, like really playing like it's hard to say that a guy with only one year of collegiate experience comes out early is going to be able to play. When we've seen the quarterbacks that have had success, um, they stayed in the game a little longer. They have significant reps. They have they've logged a number of snaps. They've seen a lot of different things from defenses. So they're able to adjust. And so to me is a big developmental prospect because he doesn't have a lot of experience and he also has some flaws in his game that will prevent him from being able to jump right now, even though the running skills are super superpower. But because you brought up the Josh Allen, I think we have to have the Will Levis conversation. Yeah, Will Levis was another one that was hard for me because I put and Hooker in front of him, partially because like and Hooker was more consistent. I know people are talking about the age and those things. My issue with Will Levis is the Josh Allen comparison is valid because I can see why you would compare him to that. When you look at him on tape, they do some similar things. They have big arm, big size. Uh, they have a tendency to jump when they run the ball and those things. The turnovers, though, man, the turnovers, like, really drove me crazy. And I know he's playing with, like, um, look, like a supporting cast is not up to snuff, similar to what Josh Allen had at Walmart his final season. But, I mean, 23 interceptions in two seasons as a starter. He had a, a, a ton of sacks that he took. I just don't know. And when I wrote in my notes, like, his eyes, he has a tendency to lock on to the primary and doesn't necessarily work through the progression and so I see the trace and why he could be but man when we talk about playing the position in the way that some have him graded I just don't know if he's going to be that guy initially
0: all right real quick Just so we can cross-check here. So, what was it? Give me the interception uh, total again, Buck. So I I had twenty-three interceptions. That might be career, like because I'm looking at my notes. It might be. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm thinking that's. I'm thinking that's that's correct. I'm going to pull pull it up. I'm going to pull it up right now because Will uh, Levis, as we're talking about him, Josh Allen's last two years, Buck, he had twenty-one picks. Yeah. At Wyoming, he had he had uh, fifteen as a junior, fifteen as a junior, and then he had six as a senior. Levis, I'm pulling it up here. Levis had, you know, he had 23 the last two years, 25. Mm-hmm. He had two as, you know, at Penn State. But if you just look at his two years at Kentucky, 13 and 10. So, it's not. You can get why people, if you want to present him as Josh Allen, you can get why people can present him as Josh Allen more so oh, than more so than with uh, with Richardson.
5: Because I think there's a separation between Levis and Richardson yeah. in terms of that. Like, here's the thing: I can understand why someone would take. Will Levis. I can see that more than I can see it with Anthony Richardson in the first round. I can see seeing the thing and squinting and be like, okay, Josh Allen has similar traits. We can put him in similar offense. We can ask him to run and do those things. You see his uh, junior season when he ran around more and was healthy. You can see the big physical, the ruggedness, all that other stuff. So I understand the comparisons with Josh Allen. The only thing that I did. I'm looking at the grade that I gave him. So I gave him. Kind of like in our system, it would be like the, the borderline first round grade, right? Yep. Like right there where he could be a starter in a year or two, yada, yada, yada. I gave him actually, I think I gave him and Hen and Hooker the same. grade. Right, I'm trying to flip and get to my page. I think I gave them no, I gave a slightly bigger grade. And so it's a six nine, mm-hmm. seven, oh, it's the same. they in the same, they're in the same yeah. cluster. But yeah. it was only because, well, one. Henning Hooker is older, so he's played more. Like, he's an experienced guy. Like, you have to have your own conversation with him being 25, 26 years old. But I felt like he was more polished. Uh, I felt like prior to the injury, he had some sneaky athleticism that you would talk about and all that other stuff. I just felt like he was more advanced in terms of playing the game as a thrower than Will Levis. But I can understand why there would be some love on the streets for Will Levis based on the prototype stuff that he brings to the table.
0: Yep, and I, again, with all these guys, it's going to matter where they go, who they're coached by, who they're playing with. Um, it's going to be a large factor in how this thing shakes out. Uh, Buck, running backs, give us the order real quick, and then we'll move to wideouts. Because if you if you missed it the other day, we did a full podcast on all these running backs. We both dug into them deep, so we'll just get get us the names, of the order, and then we'll move to wideouts. Yeah, so ooh, I lost my. I, I got it right here. I got it. Okay, you. just read, read it. Uh, B. Bijan Robinson. Buck has Bijan Robinson 1. Jameer Gibbs 2. I think everybody would, uh, mm-hmm. anybody you talk to kind of has that. Charbonnet 3, who I really like. A-Chain, uh, De- uh, Devin A-Chain. I got to get his pronunciation right before the combine. That's what I'm going with right now. By the way, where he's training in Texas with a zillion guys, they said he's the fastest dude there, which shouldn't be a surprise. Crazy explosive. And then Dwayne McBride, who's like the polar opposite of him. Not a ton of juice, but just a real instinctive, natural runner. Again, we broke down all those guys uh, on the previous. Yeah, episode. we broke them
5: down. And we have plenty of time to talk about the running the running backs and, and stuff like that because there are plenty of guys that we can throw in there. A-Chain is the one that's interesting because he is light. He's 185 pounds, but the juice is there. Ooh. It stands out on tape. Yeah. Uh, he looks different. Like after you watch Charbonnet and McBride and you watch him, you're like, ooh, it's like a different speed. Uh, you have to slow the tape down. But good players in the running back class, I think you put out on Twitter that uh, this is one that is is, is it's deep. Good. It's loaded. But uh, a lot of these guys will be second and third round picks more so than first round. Bijan Robinson, I can advocate taking him the one. first round. Everybody yep. else, I would say, hey, I, I kind of wait because there are a bunch of guys that can play and have a lot of success in the league.
0: Yeah, he's different now. He's different. There is him and then there's everybody else. So I have no problem. You know, everybody said take a running back in the first round. You can't do that because... Uh, you know we have so much depth. I think there are really good backs you can get in the third or fourth round, but the, there's exceptions for exceptional players, and Bijan is in. He's in that <laughs> class of guys. Special, special player.
5: Yeah. So here we go. Let's go wideouts. So wideouts, which I think is a really good class. I don't know if it's a great dude at the top of the board, but let's yeah. go Jackson Smith and Jigba. Zay Flowers is second for me. Quentin Johnson is third. Jordan Addison is fourth from USC, and then fifth, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're going to see these in all different orders. Um, I think this is kind of the group of guys. I think I have the same, I have the same five guys in a slightly different order. My thought, my my question to you would be uh, Smith and Jigba. Yeah. One, I think we're, we're on the same page in terms of guys missing a season. We've seen that with the opt out guys during COVID. That doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really bother me too much. Um, but my question is do you see him playing outside at all? Because I thought when I watched him, I thought he is going to be an inside guy.
5: Yeah, you know, the funny thing is um, he played primarily inside. And you go back, you have to watch him. He's playing with Chris Olavi and Garrett Wilson. And yeah. my goodness, if you're Ohio State, the, what, whatever Ooh. Brian Hardline is doing at wide receiver, like whatever he's learning, I want his catnip. Like, I would love
0: yeah. to have some guys like that come. Um, oh, wait, hey, oh, but by the way, by the way, man, we're not going to have Olave and and, uh, and uh, uh, Garrett Wilson in the bowl game. Oh, gosh, I guess we just have to throw Marvin Harrison out there. <laughs> I mean, See how that goes. You know what I mean?
5: <laughs> just Good so much talent in what they're they doing. And the thing for me that stands out about Enigma, I feel like his route running ability will give him a chance to be able to get outside. His size and route running ability is 6'1", 200 pounds. He should be able to get out there. I thought he was super smooth and skilled. And we've talked about it the last few years. The guys who have been craftsmen, the guys who have been able to run routes and create separation, not just on their sheer athleticism, but on their craft and technique, they have a chance. And I, I think he has all of that. I love the way he catches the ball over the middle of the field. Uh, I like his open field running. And to me, it's just can he, like, stay healthy? Look, I know it was a hamstring, but the perimeter skills and the tracking ability, to me, he has everything that you're looking for the position. So I was willing to kind of gamble that he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to make it and make it, uh, make it pop in a major way.
0: Can I, can I a few good menu and do what we do in draft meetings? Cause you said the other day, you like to, you like to kind of drop a little throw grenade, grenade. out of there. So yeah, look, can, I, can I throw grenade. a grenade on your wide receiver list? This is like a few good men I'm going right here. So I know you well, and we've talked about players every year. We've been doing this, not only the decade we've worked together, but oh, previously. So here's my pushback buck. You ready? I know you, and I know that you have Smith and Jigba and Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnson because, as we've discussed on here, (laughs) craftsmen, craftsmen, and route runners over height, weight, speed. We're always gonna. It's been proven out when we look back at guys we've missed or guys we've got right. Craftsmen, route runners over height, weight, speed. So that's why you have Smith and Jigba and Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnson. Begs the question. How in the world do you have Quentin Johnson over Jordan Addison when Jordan Addison is a superior route runner a superior craftsman? Uh, So here's what's funny because you know me well. Uh, (laughs) DJ,
5: everybody on this list, I have the same grade. I'm looking 7-0, 6-9, 6-9, 6-9. Josh Downer has 6-5. Jalen Hyde has 6-5. I think it just came down to – like with Quentin Johnson, I was like, man, am I beating him up because he is big, fast and physical and a birdie route runner? But then he's a body catcher. You know, he's a former high school. A lot of drops, like, Yeah. Basketball player, whatever. And like in time, I think I finished the list because I watched Addison after um, Johnson. And I think it was more me expecting more from Addison because I watched the Pittsburgh tape and then the. The player he was at SC was not like the player he was at Pittsburgh. I thought I would see more wow in the offense at USC, and I didn't see that. And so the combine to me will be great because I did, I need to see him. Whatever I fully came in thinking that I was going to have him is going to be like, hey, he's going to be the one or two because, you know, we've heard so much about him. And I just want to see him up close and personal. Uh, Zay Flowers' tape pops more like his play, just the suddenness. I just need to. I just want to feel how quick and explosive can, I, can Addison
0: I put, is. I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back and say this. I think he is going to run really, really fast. Mm-hmm. I think when you watch Stanford and you see him pull away, you can see him pull away on that one. He gets opportunity there. I think the other thing, like when we talk about number one guys, they were in a dogfight at Oregon State, and uh, and he makes a play to help them win win that football game when everybody yeah. knows that's where the football. So I give, I give him credit for those two things. The other thing I would say. The difference to me, when you look at him at Pitt versus him at USC, he is playing with Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan, (laughs) Michael Jordan doesn't need you to be special out there because Michael Jordan's going to hit whoever's open. He's going to spread that thing all the way around and and the throws that you end up watching the play and it's like, you can't, I know I'm supposed to be watching this guy, but I can't stop watching the throw versus the catch. You know what I mean? Like. You yeah, go, go through two games, you're like, man, I've just been stuck looking at this quarterback. I'm not even <laughs> seeing what's going on with Addison out and, here, but the quarterback and, just gets whoever's open. And there is something to
5: that. And much like, you know, we, we're talking um, behind baseball, like sometimes you put a grade on somebody as a placeholder. So when I said yeah. it, and I told you, I kind of took the chicken way out of everybody having six, nine, six, nine, six, nine. Uh, some of that is to buy me time until I can watch them uh, at the combine. Uh, I think the guy that was more controversial for me was going out on the limb with Jalen Hyatt. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hyatt and Johnson could be in the same category because in Johnson, we talk about big, fast, physical, vertical route runner, body catcher with a lot of drops. And Jalen Hyatt, you have fast, explosive, but plays in an offense where we've seen a lot of guys that have played in that offense, ring up numbers. And none of those guys have had a significant amount of success. Corey Coleman played in Baylor's yeah. offense, Kendall Wright, played in that offense. Denzel, um, Mims. You, Denzel M- And so I have them up there because when you watch the tape, you're like, my goodness. But the first thing that I have in my notes, scheme creation, question mark. Does the scheme create the player the, the that we're seeing, or can he do this on his own in another system? And if he can do it, what does he need to be able to do? Like I worry about the route running, the experience, all that other stuff. So the combine Will do it. So, right up under there, no one will see on the list is Josh Downs from North Carolina. And, you know, and Josh Downs is terrific, but he's five, mm-hmm. 10, 173. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about little guys, like little guys in this league, you have to be able to be extraordinary in some areas because you can't really use them in the running game. Uh, and with Josh Downs, every time I saw him get hit, man, it seemed like he laid there or he limped or he gimped. And I just don't know in a very physical game. How's he going to be able to hold up when you can sit here and say, like he arguably could be one of the best slot receivers? Catch percentage is terrific. So it'd be interesting to see how all these guys look out, look at when once
0: we get to the combine. No doubt. Uh height is gonna roll. He that is his one, he might only have one pitch, but that is uh he throws a hundred miles an hour, man. That thing is uh, 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 it's, it's, the Sandman, Mariana Rivera, <laughs> throw the cutter. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Um, tight ends here, Buck. Uh, you've got mayor one. Uh, from Notre Dame, you've got Dalton Kincaid from Utah to Darnell Washington, the incredible Hulk from uh, Georgia three, Luke Musgrave four from Oregon state, Tucker craft five. I know we've talked about tight ends previously on here, so we don't need to go as deep on this one, but maybe just the difference, uh, with Mayer and Kincaid there at the top. What do you, what was yeah, the reasoning?
5: Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because this is really close. Uh, once again, the grades are, I mean, 0. 0.1 from each other, uh, Mayer's more your prototypical Y tight end, very classic in the way that he plays. Uh, I think some would say like more like the adjacent Witten type that can kind of do it kind of slinky, not necessarily fast, but just knows how to play the game and create separation and get open. Don K to me is the prototypical flex tight end. If you talk about like uh, the comparison between having a Rob Gronkowski type as your classic Y versus a Travis Kelsey type, Kincaid skews more towards the Travis Kelsey type. You want to have him in space. You want to be able to give him room. He can do a bunch of different things. He's experienced. Um, I mean, just a ton of production at two different schools. University of San Diego dominated at a small school level, goes to Utah, dominates it there. And so to me, he's like that crafty route runner that you want on the perimeter that can make it happen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see like someone fall in love with him in a very specific role and say, hey man, I like this guy better than mayor. And just in terms of, how he does his business. I think he's really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's interesting. You can look at, and I can kind of put them in a couple different categories here, but like uh, with Mayer and Washington, even though I think Washington's going to run faster, those guys are combat catches. You know, mm-hmm. those guys are in traffic, in crowds, and their size is their superpower. We always like to talk about what's the superpower. Mm-hmm. That's their, their size. A lot of contested catches or combat catches, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and then with Kincaid and Musgrave, they play with more urgency, more juice, more separation, more playmaking, more run after the catch you're going to get from them, you know, pull away from you. Um, it's a, it's more of a, uh, I guess, guys are more space game. And then yes. guys are more in the crowds, you know, like there's two different types of guys.
5: Two different types of guys. And, and they do it um, differently. Kin- Kincaid, to me, is day one plug and play ready. He's going to you know. make it happen right away. Musgrave is interesting because of the size, the length. The athleticism, the stuff that you see in his background, oh, lacrosse. Wait till the, com, wait till racing, the combine, man. Tri- oh, I mean, look, he's, he's a decathlete. He's going yeah. to look look, the part like a show pony. And so for those guys you love. And I don't think you can get enough of those guys. I think after that, the Tucker Craft from South Dakota State kind of yep. falls in line with those guys. Good player. Um, you know, if you like the kid from Iowa, Sam LaPorta. Um, yeah. So there, there's some intriguing guys. I think the one thing that we're seeing in the, the tight end position there are a lot of guys that can catch the ball and do it. Uh, I think Mayer and Washington certainly go more in that, hey, the extension of the offensive line and the running game. They're going to be able to kind of get on you. That, that Washington guy, look, oh, man, man. I, I, think about, I think about taking him, and he has the ability to end up like Jason Peters. Like I know no. Jason Peters started in the league as a end and became a left tackle. When I put him in the game, if I'm on defense, I'm like, hey, uh, coach, he's a tackle.
0: Like I know he has the 80.
5: He's a tackle. They're running this way. We need to load up and put the big boy pads on.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good group of tight ends. And it goes a lot deeper, even than those names that you mentioned there. Uh, Payne Durham uh, from Purdue had a good senior bowl. He is good on tape. Lou Schoonmaker from Michigan uh, is a good player. The uh, kid I did last night, I got to figure out uh, what happened with, him. I know he got hurt, but this Noah Gindorf from North Dakota state who missed uh he only played in three games. I think it was an ankle, ended up having surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to go back to the year before. I'm telling you, Buck, in three games, maybe there was eight targets. I mean, it was like the smallest sample size, but this guy's listed at 6'6", 268, and he was catching and running over dudes. So I'm like, I don't know, i got I to get my hands on some tape from last year. I don't have it currently. But, uh, again, it's, it's a long list of tight ends. It's a great position group. Um, of the ones we've gone over, I think uh, quarterback – is I would say a B class. I would Mm -hmm. say receivers is probably a C class. And I think uh, running back's a B, B plus class. And I think the tight end's an A class. uh, If you need a tight end,
5: you absolutely can
0: get a tight end that can plug and play and and make an impact right away. All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll finish up the offense. We'll jump into the defense. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. All right, Buck, uh, we'll pick up the pace here. Uh, This is what happens when we start digging into this. We should have known that we should have just done offense and not tried to do the whole thing because we get into these discussions. And I think that's more fun. Well, it's the first time we've really
5: really had an opportunity to really do it. Like now that both of us have kind of done the work and got the the grades and that stuff, and then we can have like real beneath-the-surface conversations about who we like and those things.
0: No doubt. Uh, All right, offensive tackles. uh, Give us your top five here, and I'll give you a quick question, then we'll move.
5: Well, I lost the list, but I think I, uh, I got think you. I
0: got you. I got you. I got you. I'll take care of this for you here, Buck. Let me be your Vanna White. Uh, Paris Johnson, number yeah. one uh, from Ohio State. Peter Skaronski from Northwestern, two. Broderick Jones from Georgia, yeah. three. Darnell Wright, four from Tennessee. Cody Mauk from uh, North Dakota State is number five. I, I will uh, – I'm going to hit you with the first question here, and uh, and that's on Cody Mauk, number five. I think we. I was having a discussion with somebody last night with, with the team assistant general manager, and I said, "I think he's got a legit shot of going in the bottom of one." Yeah, and he said, "I ah, said, I don't know. I think maybe two. I said, "Look at the look at this draft class. Like this guy can play five positions. Yeah, his character's clean. He had a great senior bowl. Like he's checking all of the boxes for him to get into the back around one."
5: Yeah, DJ, and look, everyone last year should should know Cole Strange like kind of sneaking in the first round. no one. I think caught. he's
0: better. I think he's
5: better than Cole Strange right. coming out. Yeah. yeah. And, and so now you talk about a guy that played at a, a, a very distinguished program, played well, multiple, has versatility. And then when you think about the guys that are right there around them, I thought he was a much better player than Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. And, I don't think it's close. Yeah. And, and and so for me, I was like, look, man, this dude, this dude has to be in there. He has to be in that conversation. And when you look at the rest of the guys that are there, I think there's some separation uh, when you get there. And so we know it. If you need an offensive tackle, not that you push those guys up, but you better get them on the first go around because there's a huge difference between who's going to be available on the second go around. And that brings you to your point about Cody Mock being a first round pick. He He's on that line because who else are you going to take? You yeah. got to play with somebody. Who else are you going to take? And this dude has a lot of versatility, a lot of experience.
0: Um, I like him. Yeah, I think he's a good chance he's starting inside next year. I think he gets to a place. I think he, you know, he has the versatility to hold up a tackle, but I think he'd be even better inside. And I think he gets on the field right away. Um, interior blocker. So uh we're looking at centers uh guards. Mm-hmm. You have Osiris Torrance from Florida one. John Michael Schmitz, who had a great week at the senior bowl. Both those guys really great at the senior bowl. He's two. Uh Luke Whipler, I haven't got to him yet. He's at Ohio State, he's three. Avila, Steve Avila from TCU is four, and Andrew Voorhees from SC is five.
5: Yeah. So to me, Osiris Torrance is is look, he's the guy, man. You Steady watch the matchup, Eddie. when you watch him against Jalen Carter, like that's the tape that I just couldn't put down. I mean, just mm-hmm. going toe to toe with someone who's regarded as one of the top prospects in the draft, uh, it was very impressive. And you talk mm-hmm. about a triple X offensive guard that can play Mauler Brawler type. Uh, yeah. he's good. And then, you know, there's so many guys, centers, that can move. DJ, this class is different. It's good They more like these dudes are athletic at the pivot. I mean, you're seeing Guys move. You talk about John Michael Smith's being able to pull and move the same thing when you look at Whippler from Ohio State. He does the same stuff, the Jason Kelsey stuff where guys are getting out and leading on sweeps and those things. And so it's a really intriguing class. And I think it's one where the versatility is everything, because when you take a guard, you love to have him if he can play center, because now you can just kind of try and figure out a way to fit him in until they can get to his natural position at pivot.
0: Yeah, I've got a bunch of these guys I've got to get watched before uh, we get to Indy. So I've got a bunch more of these interior linemen to watch. I have yet to do Whippler, I haven't done Voorhees yet. Um, the other one I would throw in there is, to me, uh, Tipman from Wisconsin is a really, really good player. Um, He's yeah. a taller, taller interior guy. But it's a, it's a good group. I, I like that. I think that second round spot, uh, second round, you're going to see a bunch of these dudes uh, come off the board. Uh, all right, let's get to the other side of the ball. Let's go defense. Let's start edge defenders. Uh, you've got Will Anderson one uh, from Alabama, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech two, uh, Lucas Van S from Iowa three, Keon White from Georgia Tech four, Miles Murphy from Clemson five. Yeah, um,
5: another good crew. I, I, I think here's where we get blended. We've been advocating for positionless football for a while, DJ. There's so many guys that I don't know what is what when I'm when I'm evaluating so, defense more so than offense. I don't know who to put in what category. Who's an edge player? Who's not? Who's a linebacker? Uh, All the safeties are really nickels. I mean, like, if we really broke this out based on how they played in college, like, you would have, like, 15 different columns for what they're doing. Um, To me, Will Anderson is dynamic. He's productive. He's explosive. Uh, He kind of checks off the boxes in terms of what you want to see. The numbers are a little different this year than were last year, but he is an A-plus player coming off the edge. Um, He really stood out. Tyree Wilson, I like – I remember watching the game that he kind of hurt his ankle – a little mm-hmm. bit, and so, like, we're in the middle of the year. Um, but, look, he's heavy-handed. He's a power player. He plays hard. Yeah. Uh, I like the motor. I think the thing that I like with him, he can stand up in a three or, or go into two-point. He can play five technique or a wide nine technique. Yeah. Uh, you know, people always mock him to Seattle, but I think he's so easy to mock to Seattle because he can play either one of those positions that they tend to play with, like that heavy, solid defensive end, or he could be the Leo in their defense.
0: Yeah, I mean I think um you know Keon White, somebody I put a huge grade on the first go round, didn't know anything about him. I was a little Did disappointed. You? I, I put a huge grade on Buck, he's in my top ten right now. I might do my update, he's gonna drop down a little bit. I he was good at the senior bowl. He wasn't as 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 dynamic as I was hoping he was gonna be down there. Kind of put yourself out there a little bit on that on that first one. And see, then but, I'm like, oh, I'll pull back a little bit. But man, he is well, see, big and explosive.
5: See, but DJ, I thought I was putting myself out there and so fully to tell you. I try not to look at your list too early. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep yeah. it trying to keep it pure. Like, yeah, in my head. So the funny thing is, I thought I was being controversial when I put him over Miles Murphy because he's my
0: eighth player, Buck.
5: <laughs> so so how about this? So he's from, I didn't know this. I had to call my dad on. He's from like my hometown. He's from Garner, which is Boy. on the out the outer skirts of, of Raleigh. And so he's from the same place. Naheem Hines is from same high school, which was yeah. our rival high school when I was there. And so I'm looking, I'm like, okay, he went to ODU. And I'm looking at the tape from George. I had to watch it twice. I'm like, man, I like this dude. He can play inside, yeah. outside, power player, has motor, relentless with the effort. Never stops. I no. mean, just never stops. And, you know, man, guys that play hard at, at those spots, they rack up sacks just yep. – I mean, they just get him in bunches. And so I like the versatility because on tape I wrote down, man, he played the three, the five, the nine. This guy can play in any defense. Mm-hmm. and fit it in so i'm kind of with you i know he plays like a bull in a china shop but to me this dude is an a1 dude um i didn't know that you had going big because i yeah, felt like big. i was going big on him i I mean he he's a really good i got player. i
0: got, I got I mean, i'm not gonna jump far but i'm gonna he's not gonna be in my top 10 i don't think when i do my <laughs> next update so i got, i got a little excited when i watched that tape the first time uh defensive tackles you've got jalen carter one uh, Brian Brisey was a tough tough evaluation for me at Clemson he's two Siaka Ika uh, from Baylor big man he is three Keanu Benton from Wisconsin good week at the senior bowl he's four and then Mozzie Smith an athletic freak from Michigan is five
5: yeah Mozzie Smith is one that I really belabored over um, mm-hmm. I had a tough time with him because it was very similar he he kind of gets to benefit from Rashawn Gary uh, having success in the National Football League. Because I remember watching Rashawn Gary at Michigan. I was like, man, I know everyone talks about the athleticism and the traits, but I don't see any production. What am yeah. I going to do with this? And then you watch him over his time in Green Bay, and you're like, oh, okay. It's come slowly and incrementally, but it's come. Mozzie Smith is like that for me. When I see him, one, he has a bad stance. Uh, and the only reason I said it's because my dad was like, his stance is bad. He's in a frog stance. <laughs> like, he's sitting back like a frog or whatever. Yeah. But then our buddy Bruce Feldman brings out the numbers, and the numbers are ridiculous on that freaks list. Like he did 325, 22 reps
0: yeah, on the bench press. That's
5: like, stupid. Nine four broad, four, four one shuttle. Yeah. So I kind of have to keep him up there, even though the production doesn't warrant it. He's such a freak combo that you're saying, if you can teach him anything, he's going to be a very, very, very productive player.
0: Yeah, no, he's uh. There's a lot to work with there, and in a in a league with light boxes, uh, as we uh kind of play that shell coverage, that's uh that's a value that that's a skill that's going to be valued maybe more so than in previous years. It'll be interesting to see in terms of traveling together, him and Siaka Ika, both the two big physical guys. It'll be interesting to see how they move around the combine to help kind of separate that tie for a lot of teams around the league. Have those guys traveling buddies, so uh, we'll see how that all separates. Uh, all right, Buck, let's take a quick break. Uh, We'll come back. We'll finish this thing up. We're going to get to the linebackers and the DBs. We'll do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
4: Snag a Job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, Tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker. So visit Snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks,
3: until now through may 14th visit LiveNation.com concertweek slash to learn more and plan your summer with sean paul some 41 30 seconds from mars oh and two-door cinema club
0: all right we're back here let's uh let's jump into these linebackers uh buck and you are doing this in terms of how you separate this uh, the same way that the, that i do it with linebackers you're talking about off the ball guys you know not yeah, you know edge guys yeah. are edge guys and these are no yeah, off so hard players.
5: man off, off the ball guys and I mean, we say that. And so it, it ends up being mostly like inside linebackers, Mike linebackers, yeah. but it's, it's really hard. So people, there would be some notable names that are maybe missing on the list because I don't really know where to categorize them. You yeah. Know? Um, and so uh, I think it starts out like you read the list. I think it started out yep. Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Correct. Uh, you, a second.
0: you got Trenton Simpson from Clemson too. You've got Big Jack Campbell from Iowa three. Who, by the way, Jack Campbell has been training with our buddy uh, Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley's been helping him in the in the run up to the combine, which I which I like. Uh, then you've got Henry Toto uh, from uh, Alabama is uh, four. You've got Noah Sewell from Oregon is number five.
5: Yeah. So. Um uh, Drew Sanders to me like stood out. I mean, you just don't see guys get like nine and a half sacks from inside linebacker position like yeah. he did. I know he transferred from Alabama, but had a lot of success at Arkansas. I just love the production, um, the way that he blitzes, the physicality, all that stuff. Like he's going to be fine. Campbell to me really stood out from Iowa sideline to sideline player. Loved the diagnostic skills, the instincts, always kind of around the ball. Um, yeah, man, he gets some time with Luke Kuechly. You talk about scraping and that's, that's filling. A good, and- yeah. And he's a good jumping. dude to work with. He, yeah, he's going to be good. Trent Simpson, I have like more problems with. Even though I had him up there, like I like some of this stuff, but I feel like some of the guys play the game better. But he might be a better prospect.
0: He doesn't see it as well. That I mean, I have yes. him up there. I have him at the top of this of this list just because of the traits, but the. You know, being able to kind of sort through the trash in there, that's not his, not his uh, strong suit, which is literally the reason why guys mm-hmm. miss at that position. So that is a cause for concern.
5: But, but, but he makes plays mm-hmm. when he has free, like free runs and he's able to run and chase and kind of unleash the athleticism. Yeah, you see it. Uh, you had Henry, was it to- oh, Toto? What,
0: that's yeah, like just go with O's that. Just say, it, just say it real fast. Toto.
5: So when you talk about playing the game, DJ, his instincts – the way that he reads and scrapes and does all this other stuff, I'm sitting there saying, like, okay, this is in my mind, like a second, second round pick,
0: third round pick somewhere in there, but he's gonna play and he's gonna have a lot of success when he plays in this league. So here's my uh thought on kind of these off-the-ball linebackers. I, I almost wonder if you're seeing now it there, there will be interesting to see two things. Number one, I think you can look at the uh the Eagles have never valued off the ball linebackers, right? And they just keep signing cheap ones in free agency that mm-hmm. end up being good players and they leave and get more money and they draft. I mean, they get N'Kobe Dean in the third round. He'll probably mm-hmm. be starting for them next year. They haven't had to expend big resources. And I think there's a little bit of a copycat league uh, aspect mm-hmm. to that where I think that that position has been devalued a little bit along the way. And you're be, yeah, so you have running backs, but the, here's, the, here's the other one. And we could have talked about this earlier, but uh, get your take on it. This dude I was talking to the other day said, look, Kyle Pitts hasn't popped in this league. Why are we ever taking a tight If that dude has not been a major, major difference, then why are we taking tight ends in the first round? Like That was like the can't miss of can't miss tight ends. And, so and hard, so
5: hard to pop. like you go with him, you go with TJ Hawkinson, you go with Noah Fant in the first round. Like We haven't had one of those
0: guys that have come in and just taken the league by storm. Yeah. And yeah, Hawkins has been to some Pro Bowls. He's a good player. But I mean, he was my sixth or seventh player in that draft. And I, you know, had to do over again. I wouldn't have had him wouldn't have had him quite as high. So um it's it's interesting just in terms of the positional value. And it's not saying tight ends aren't important. They are important, but it's been proven out that you can find them like running backs all throughout the
5: draft. You can find them. And so with the with the with the linebackers and stuff, there is some of that. Uh remember, Bobby Wagner is destined to be a Hall of Famer. He's a second round pick. You know. Yeah. When you watch him at Utah State, like he was a good player, you know, did a lot of good things,
0: but look what Matt look what Matt Milano has done for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, on and on and on. We can we can find him. But um that that's your that's your linebacker. Let's, let's get to the corners here because you have Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, he is one. Uh, the big corners, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State's two, Christian Gonzalez, big corner from Oregon's three. Cam Smith from South Carolina is four, and Keely Ringo, who is going to be one of the more difficult evaluations, is five from Georgia. Uh
5: Ringo's gonna be a difficult evaluation because he's like some of those guys that have come through before. Great athlete, straight mm-hmm. line speed, quickness, explosive. Doesn't see the ball, it doesn't have natural, I would say, ball skills and instincts. And you see him sometimes when I mean, he gets lost in the sauce a little bit in coverage. But when everyone sees him run around and they they're gonna fall in love with that part of it. But uh there's some stuff and I see it on a weekly basis with Tyson Campbell down in yeah. Jacksonville. Uh really good Who'd athlete. Who'd you like better? It was close. Um, I think I, I like, like Tyson I, I, better.
0: I, I, I like Ringo yeah. a little bit better, but they're they're kissing cousins. I mean, they're, they're very, similar. very similar. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're very similar in how they play heat. I thought he, I thought Ringo could find and play it. Ringo's problem to me was so many times he wasn't even in phase. Like he just got turned inside out, and in some of the separation. I thought Tyson Campbell was always in phase, but there were never could find he just the couldn't ball. find the ball.
5: He still he still has a tough time finding the ball. Like he he'll be perfect position. The ball is up in the air, and it's you yelling ball ball ball, and he just can't yeah. he just can't locate it. Just can't find it. So he misses and gives up maybe some touchdowns just because he's a hair off in terms of locating the ball. Ringo's an interesting athlete, though. Uh, up top, I think the question will be like people have about like Joey Porter. It's funny because he's long and rangy and those things, and you let, naturally think he's more of a zone corner, but they play him in a bunch yeah. of press man. At Penn State. Now, if we scout him the helmet, one of the things that forever, don't well, take a Penn State cornerback. And so yeah. maybe he can break the mold, but forever, I was just conditioned. Yeah, you play Quinn at Penn State, you just, just don't. Just don't like <laughs> from Penn State. Like They, they had a hard, a hard time having success in the league, but uh, he's talented. Obviously, he has bloodlines. He's been around the game, so he's a really good player.
0: Detroit has the corner, what is it, a Warrior or whatever, from Penn State. I think he's been a solid player. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you, I give you a good Penn State corner right there. That's all. I'm okay. just trying to help Penn State out. I want Penn State. I go, I go us. back to the
5: days of what was Zemitis. Allen Zemitis. Oh
0: yeah, that's way old school, man. Gee man. Christmas. You yeah, are going way, way back. back. I just
5: like, just remember, I remember all those guys who's playing
0: here. You know. All right, let's get to safeties. Brian Branch, who, by the way, I mean we don't do it on our list, but like he's a nickel. I mean. He, all he those plays, guys on my list are nickel. That's what I'm they, saying. They, they
5: they all are nickel Him. guys. Like everyone got plays Branch, the star position.
0: Antonio Johnson uh from A&M, Jair Brown from Penn State, uh Jamie Robinson from Florida State and then Jordan Battle from Alabama. Those are your top 5.
5: Yeah. Um I think one you have to know going in these guys are nickel players. That position is uh, a different position. I think I may even have to list it out. Like now we have corners, we have slot corners, and then we have safeties because everyone yeah. is using uh, a hyper player there. I will say this, uh now more than ever, we're getting very experienced players that uh you can evaluate in the slot. Before we never could evaluate guys, we always had to project guys. Oh, this guy'd be a good nickel. Whenever well, yeah. we see guys well, these the guys are playing in there. They're playing it, there's physicality, they're they're blessing uh off the edge. You can see him in space making uh cover plays. And so it's, look, it's a good group. Is a group that can come in, much like uh, was it, Dax Hill last year from Michigan. Yeah. that went to Cincinnati, um, has some has some trace and those things. You'll see a bunch of these guys kind of jump in. And even though Hill didn't play a prominent role last year for the Bengals, you already know he's going to go in there and be a, a sub package defender uh, and have an opportunity to get on the field right away.
0: No doubt. Um, that's a good list. Uh, I, actually, Jair Brown's one. Kind of The more I watch him, the more I'm, I'm pushing him up. Uh, a really good player there from Penn State. All right, Buck, we went long today, uh, but it was fun going through your list. Again, go to NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You can find the rest of this list. Uh, we've got a scoot. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. We're going to have more draft content coming your way as we inch ever closer to the NFL scouting combine. Uh, we also want to let you know that next week, uh, we are going to release our uh, baseball episode because we've got spring training that's kicking off, and so we're going to take a a little pause from the draft stuff. And I think you'll enjoy uh, some conversations we had at the winter meetings a few weeks back. We got a chance to talk with some general managers in baseball. It's always fun to go cross sport and uh, and see what we can learn and take away from baseball uh, that can help us with building a football roster. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, in the meantime, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks.